Hello, good afternoon and good morning. Obviously, depending on what time you're tuning in, this is Marcus Washington, co-host of the BCV podcast. Then BCV stands for the Book, Chapter, and Verse podcast. I want to give a, a portion of God's word with you. Definitely want to take advantage of the opportunity. Um, it would be remiss of me as a gospel preacher, as a, a child of God, as a Christian, uh, to not be opportunistic in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic that we're facing here, um, April 2020 and beyond. Uh, that being said, I want to give a lesson titled, The Perfect Vaccine for COVID-19. Uh, again, the perfect vaccine for COVID-19. If you'll turn with me to Psalm 46, again, that's Psalm 46. Uh, we'll be looking at and essentially dealing with verses 1 through 5. Very well may allude to verse 6. Uh, we won't be dealing with the entirety of the psalm. Again, that's Psalm 46. The perfect vaccine for COVID-19. We'll start with verse 1 and start reading. The Bible reads, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. You know, it's, again, April the 7th, I believe, the 8th to be exact, 2020. COVID-19, the coronavirus, is the uh, infectious viral agent that is invading home, family, race, ethnicity. None of these barriers, none, none of these factors are even prevalent as it relates, or re relevant, rather, as it relates to the COVID-19 pandemic. The word invasion is defined as the unwelcome intrusion into, into one's domicile. And essentially, that's what the COVID-19 is. I, I believe that it's best and proper to keep things in its proper context, right? Um, the Psalm, the rather Isaiah 28 verse 10 talks about line upon line, precept upon precept. COVID-19 is a virus. A virus replicates, reproduces, and spreads by way of a living host. COVID-19 does not care what your religious affiliation is. This is a global health pandemic. But yet we can, in a contextual sense, draw reference or inference from God's word and encouragement, especially as the body of Christ, as we very well have a responsibility, though yet and still trying to remain faithful in the midst of this pandemic. That being said, contextually speaking, to get the thorough backdrop of exactly what was going on in Psalm 46, if you look at verse 6. Again, Psalm 46, now we're focusing on verse 6. The Bible reads, the heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. You see a comparison contrast. On one side, you have the heathen who do what? They rage. What is the byproduct of reaction to this? The kingdoms were moved. Then you see the contrast to this. He uttered his voice. The he by which that other the voice is God Almighty. The earth 
melted. Contextually, so contextually, what was going on? God's people had apostatized. God's people had went the way of idolatry, uh, with the way of the various ites, uh, as we know, in biblical times, geographically speaking, they decided to go the opposite way of the word of God. A reminder of Judges chapter one, uh, Judges chapter one was uh, a, a reprimand of the northern kingdom, those various kingdoms who knew of the will of the master, knew of the will of God, but yet still decided to do what they wanted to do. Again, so we keep things in this proper context. Um, I would invite you to turn with me to Judges, the book of Judges, the first chapter. Joshua Judges, first a chapter of the book of Judges. Judges, the first chapter, just to get, again, to get a bit of a contextual backdrop and how all of this was going on, yet still you have God encouraging his people. Judges chapter one, so what transpired? The various tribes were commissioned or commanded to utterly destroy the inhabitants of the land. Uh, verse uh, verse 19 uh, and following, verse 19, the Lord was with Judah and he drove, drove out the inhabitants of the mountains, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariot, chariots of iron. And they gave Hebron unto Caleb, as Moses said, and he expelled thence the three sons of Anak. So what happened or what didn't happen? You see, verse 21, the children of Benjamin, they did not drive out the, inhabit the inhabitants of the land, the inhabitants to be exact, the Jebusites. That, that inhabited Jerusalem. Uh, you, and it goes on with all the other tribes, all the other sons of Jacob, all the other descendants, rather, the sons of Jacob from the northern kingdom. The northern kingdom is the exception of Simeon, the exception of Judah, Levi, and Benjamin. The northern kingdom, the children of Israel, did not do what they were supposed to do. Verse 27, neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Bethesheim. Neither did Ephraim, verse 29. Neither did Zebulun, verse 30. Neither did Asher, verse 31. Uh, and so essentially you have the angel of the Lord, chapter two, letting them know about themselves. Because you didn't do this, what were you commanded? Look at Judges uh, chapter two, verse two. You shall not make lead with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Maybe just maybe COVID-19. We don't know the providential uh, purpose behind uh, the COVID-19. God is allowing COVID-19 to take place. He allowed the, uh, the captivity that was transpired in Psalm 46 and what we're contextually looking at and how the inhabitants of the land eventually caused God's people to apostatize. And the, the Assyrian captivity came by way of God using them as a tool to chastise God's people. That is what was going on in COVID, or rather Psalm 46. Do we know if the coronavirus is a agent of God to shake the very foundation of the world? We don't know. But let's go on the side of God. Maybe God is allowing this to take place because disobedience is continuously taking place. And because we serve a sovereign God and God who loves and uh, uh, God who doesn't want any to perish. Second Peter chapter three. He's not he's not slack concerning his promises and some men count slackness, but as long suffering toward us. What does it say? Now wish that any should perish, but that all men shall come into repentance. That was the message to the inhabitants of the land, the children of Israel in this day and age. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. But they continuously chose not to do so. Let's get some additional contextual backdrop. If you don't mind, you don't mind, do you? If you want to turn to Isaiah, the 10th chapter, we're understanding 
Psalm 46 and keep it Psalm 46 in its proper context. We say context, 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 and that's so true. There's so many people that are taking things out of context and being opportunistic in COVID-19 and saying things that God didn't say and doing things that God didn't say that they can do. Uh, case in point, you have the televangelists and how they say they have the ability to cast out demonic spirits. They have the ability to uh, to heal the sick. They have the ability to give the recovery of sight to the blind. Now, as you're turning to Isaiah 10, hold, if you would, your place and turn to Acts the 19 chapter, verse 19, and uh, rather chapter 19, verse 13, as it relates to the apostles. Those that had, those that had the ability to cast out demons. Those that were commissioned to sit by Christ that had the ability to do so, look what they did. Acts the 19 chapter, verse 13 and following. This for contextual sake, let's, let's start with verse 11. The Bible reads, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons from his body, Paul, an inspired apostle of Christ. Let's keep reading. And the diseases departed from them. And the evil spirits went out of them. You televangelists, the bitty hands of the world, you, you broadcast against this perception that you have the ability like the apostles, but you don't. If such is the case, why aren't you doing what the apostles were doing? Why aren't you going to the Baylors? Why aren't you going to the Portland hospitals? Why aren't you just walking up and down the streets and anybody that has even the asymptomatic people that don't even know they have a COVID-19 yet cast COVID-19 out of them. I digress. So why not be opportunistic in giving book, chapter, verse, the true vaccine for COVID-19? Again, we're keeping things in its proper context as it relates to Psalm 46. The heathen rage, the, the kingdoms were removed. What's going on? What is the purpose of Psalm 46? Again, I told you to turn to Isaiah, the 10th chapter. Wait on me if you don't mind. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 10, verses 5 through 6. Contextually, what was going on and the, the recipients of this encouragement, why did they really need it? Isaiah chapter 10, verses 5 through 6. The Bible reads, O Assyrian, the rod of mine anger, this is God, and the staff in their hand is mine indignation. I will send him against a hypocritical nation. That's Israel, unfortunately. Why? And against the people of my wrath will I give him charge to take the spoil and to take the prey and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. Was it because God just decided to do this? Because God just knows it's because they went the, the way of the inhabitants of the land because of sin. To him that knoweth to do good to do it not, as James the fourth chapter says, to him is sin. He didn't stop with just the Assyrians. If you go back to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 11, the Bible reads. Again, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 11 didn't just stop with the Assyrians. Verse 11 of Isaiah chapter 9. Therefore, the Lord shall set up the adversaries of resin against him and join his enemies together. The Syrians before and the Philistines behind and they shall devour Israel with my open hand or rather with open mouth. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Maybe indeed COVID-19 is being utilized as a tool of God to shake the very foundation. God tried to warn the people in 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 13, but the people wouldn't listen in 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 15. 
They rejected his commandments. In 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 15. So there was no remedy. Maybe COVID-19 is indeed that tool. Brother Washington, but how can I draw encouragement from this? Well, if you go back to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. You want to know the scripture reference as to how the Syrians were used to uh, to, to uh, take God's people into captivity, to chastise God's people. I would advise you to look at uh, Ezekiel chapter 6. Ezekiel chapter 6. But going back now to Psalm 46. Again, Psalm 46. Let's keep reading now. All of this is taking place. Look at verse 2. Therefore not, uh, rather, therefore uh, will not we fear, though, look at the word, though, though, although, even though, even in the midst, the word though, the definition of the word though, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, verse three, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, there go that word again, though, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. God's people, you brought this upon yourself. Jeremiah chapter three, uh, the Bible talks about how God gave them a bill of divorce because she prayed the role of the harlot. Who did? The children of Israel. And unfortunately, the inhabitants of Judah did as well. But God never forgot about his promise. In John, Genesis chapter 49, he said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. The royal scepter, the royal instrument that was used to signify royalty shall not depart from the tribe of Judah. This promise that God uh, foretold in, uh, in his dialogue with Abraham, the father of many nations, it was fulfilled by way of Christ. Though these things are taking place, uh, the children of Israel, they have become captives to the Assyrians who will resettle them, will take them from their original domicile or home and resettle them in different places. God never forgot about his promise. I'm reminded of Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For God is with me. I'm reminded of Psalm 46, verse 5. The Bible says that God is in the midst of her. Turn with me, if you would, to Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 3. Remember, contextually, in chapter 1, Habakkuk was crying out to God. This is post the Assyrian captivity. This is actually Babylonian captivity. We talked about how uh, the tribes of Judah, uh, they unfortunately went the way of their sister Israel, as was described by the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter three. Going to Habakkuk now, Habakkuk's crying out to God, how could you use such a bar uh, barbaric people to chastise your people? He he, de he described this uh, barbaric, this bitter people, uh, Habakkuk chapter one, verse six, for law, this is God speaking, for law I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, nation, uh, nation rather, which shall march throughout the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. Verse seven, they are terrible, they are dreadful, uh, their judgment, their dignity shall proceed out of themselves. Their horses are, are swifter than lepers, verse eight, and more swift than the evening wolves, and their horsemen shall spread themselves. And Habakkuk is crying out to God, how could you use this people? Though Habakkuk even had to go through this himself. Though Ezekiel had to go through as a prophet of God during the Assyrian captivity. Though we have to go through COVID-19 as God's people. 
Though God's people had to go through being chastised by way of God because of their own doing, yet God is in the midst of her. Look at chapter 3, Habakkuk, verse 16 and following. Chapter 3 of Habakkuk, this is, contextually speaking, the Babylonian captivity. Look again, Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 16 and following. The Bible reads, When I heard my belly tremble, my lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself, and that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he cometh up unto the people, he will evade them with his truths. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yea, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried to the sea, Psalm 46, though the water shall swell, going back again to Habakkuk chapter 3, uh, which I believe is not the, the, the flock shall be cut off from the fold. There shall be no herd in the stalls, verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation, verse 19, the encouraging passage here. Why? Why, would you, why are you going to rejoice, Habakkuk, though you're in thrust in Babylonian captivity, though you're a faithful prophet of God? Verse 19, the Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet. That's talking about a deer in the Hebrew. And he will make me to walk upon my high places to the chief singer of my string instruments. Uh, I believe it's at uh, various translations uh, actually denotes that the, he will make my to, feet to walk upon my high places. He would give me the ability to be able to tread upon the mountainous things in my life. God has the perfect vaccine, the true and tried vaccine for COVID-19. If you turn to Isaiah, the 10th chapter, here in Isaiah, the 10th chapter, again, talking to people in the midst of Babylonian captivity. Isaiah, the 10th chapter, God gave them yet an encouraging word. Isaiah, the 10th chapter. He promised them that there would be a remnant that would be spared. Isaiah, chapter 10, notice verse 20. Again, Isaiah, chapter 10, verse 20, the Bible reads. And it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel, and such as are escaped of the house of Jacob shall be no more again. Stay upon him that smote them, but shall stay upon the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Though they went through a Syrian captivity, yet I will preserve my people. Were they murdered? Were they slaughtered? Did they go through bondage? Yes, they did. Yet I will preserve my people. Mind you, they went through a Syrian captivity. They weren't preserved like in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 9, God's people were preserved in the land of Goshen. They didn't, they didn't get inflicted by way of the Egyptian plagues that Pharaoh and the Egyptians suffered. God's people in the midst of Assyrian captivity, they were bombarded. They went through torture. Yet there will be a remnant. What remnant are you talking about? Go back to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Let's notice now verse 4. We got the reading. Uh, verse 2. Though the, we will fear not, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea. Verse 3. Verse 2. Verse 3. Though the waters thereof roar, be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Say loud. Verse 4. There is a river 
The streets whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles. There is a river. What are you talking about? Uh, what, how can I draw encouragement from this? There is a river. What river are you talking about? How can this encourage me in the midst of Assyrian captivity? How can I draw encouragement? How can this be the true vaccine in the midst of COVID-19 and the economic depression that's taking place? And children having to be taught by their parents at the house and, and only essential workers are allowed to be uh, to be able to come out and the congregations having to make decisions and how only 10 people can be at one time in a church building. How can I draw inspiration and encouragement? Though the waters... Though the mountains, though the earth, there is a river, verse 4, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. Turn, if you will, to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. Again, keeping things in its proper context, I mentioned the early church. You know the early church, they went through an invasion of epic proportions also. The agents were different. However, again, keeping things in its proper context, uh, God's people went through all types of oppression. You remember it started in Acts 5, um, going on to Acts, Acts 8. Uh, but yet God's people were prosperous or faithful. The gospel was spread, Acts 8, chapter 4. But that was religious oppression. Uh, you have also in Acts 9, verse 2, Paul is getting letters from the high priest to go and continue to oppress God's people, right? The book of, uh, it continues obviously in the 11th chapter, of Acts 11, you see religious oppression with the stony of Stephen. Yeah, you see a religious oppression being prevalent in the book of Hebrews. Uh, uh, religious oppression taking place, a foreign invasion, an unwelcome intrusion upon one's domicile, and also in the book of Revelation. This is a different type of invasion, COVID-19 speaking. What's the difference? The oppressors were human beings that had a conscience, that had the ability to make the choice whether or not they oppressed those who were found to be of the way. Paul said he did it out of ignorance. Paul chose to be the champion that he was. Paul chose to persecute Christians. The Roman soldiers chose to persecute Christians. A infectious virus does not have a conscience. But yet Christians and non-Christians are being oppressed. Just a little chasing on the rabbit, contextually speaking. This this virus doesn't care who we are. So we all need encouragement. But if anyone should be encouraging the world, well, we'll get to this as we wrap this up. Shouldn't it be the body of Christ? Shouldn't it be that river that was talked about in verse four? Let's get to that river now. Revelation, if you haven't already turned there, Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. What river are you talking about? What body of water are you talking about? How can I draw encouragement? Why would I draw encouragement from this river? What is what significance of this river? Revelation chapter 22, verse 1 and 2, the Bible reads, And he showed me a pure river, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. There's three different, uh, three significant figures here. The pure river of water of life clearest crystal. What is it doing? It's proceeding out of, out of where? The throne of God and of the Lamb. This river. Let's keep continue to read. Verse two. In the midst of the street of it, of it, what is it? Tying back to the river. And on either side of 
the river is what? Was there the tree of life, which bare 12 manner of fruits, yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Well, who is this river? Who is the healing of the nations? How can I draw encouragement? How is this to encourage God's people in the midst of Assyrian captivity? How can this encourage me now? Turn another chapter. The previous chapter, chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. Again, chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. The Bible reads, And I saw new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Verse 2. And I, and I John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Doesn't that remind you of Ephesians chapter 5? Doesn't that remind you of Ephesians chapter 5 as the bride adorned for her husband is the body of Christ? The husband who is the head of Christ being Christ, the body being the church, the church of Christ. Let us turn to Revelation chapter 3 verse 12. That remnant that was to be spared that was mentioned in Isaiah chapter 10, that river that was mentioned in Psalm 46 uh, verse 4, and also in Revelation 20, 22 and 1 and 2 is the church of Christ. Revelation chapter 3 verse 12, if you would, if you don't mind, please. Revelation chapter 3 verse 12, this is in relation to the church of Philadelphia, that one of the congregations, the few congregations in the, in the uh, book of Revelation, i.e. the seven churches of Asia that was actually praised. Look at verse 12. The Bible reads, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more, he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God. Talked about that city, Psalm 46 which is new Jerusalem, which coming down out of heaven from my God. And I'll write upon him my new name. It's talking about the church, the bride of Christ, which will proceed from the throne of God and of the lamb. The remnant that was, uh, uh, was prophesied and foretold of the river, uh, that, that was prophesied and foretold of in Psalm 46 is pointing to the church. Well, how can this encourage me? How can it? So the brother washer, you telling me that the, the tried and true or the perfect vaccine for COVID-19 is the church. Yes, I am. But it's not the church themselves. That is the true vaccine is what the church has to offer. The Bible says Ephesians chapter three, verse 10, that the manifold wisdom of God would be made known by who? By the church, not by the world. The true, tried and true vaccine or the perfect vaccine for COVID-19 is not the world. The Bible said, if you're either for me or against me. He told the Judaizing teachers in John chapter 8, verse 44, you are of the father, the devil. You are of your father, rather, the devil. We either serve God or we're going to serve madness. The children of Israel apostatized. They went the, the way of the inhabitants of the land. They went to serve pagan gods. But the true almighty God has left his manifold wisdom to be re revealed by way of the church. So what is the vaccine for COVID-19 and the fear that comes with COVID-19? It's the manifold wisdom of God. Well, who is to give the manifold wisdom of God? It's the church of Christ. That same church of Christ uh, that was uh, defined as being in Ephesians chapter 10 verse uh, 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, rather, rather, the Bible reads, For we are his workmanship, 
Who are those who have put Christ on by way of baptism? First and foremost, obviously, as we know, if you don't know, I encourage you to understand this. To become a Christian, one has to follow the, the qualifications that it takes to become a Christian in order to be a part of that that river recognizes that river, which Bible says, which God says, will, which will proceed from the throne of God, which will proceed out of the Lamb. That river, which will bear a new name, that new Jerusalem, the one that will that will reveal the manifold wisdom of God, Ephesians three ten. That same river, that same church that has a new name, the Bible says, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained that we shall walk in them. The true vaccine is the word of God. The world needs it, church. We're living in trying in treacherous times. Opportunistic times, yes, it is. Even in the midst of a dark time, there's a glimmer of hope. What is that glimmer of hope? It's the word of God. There does not be like those in uh, John chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus was reprimanding the disciples. John chapter 4, verse 10. Again, John chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible reads plainly. John answered, or Jesus answered and said unto her. Jesus answered and said unto her. And sometimes this happens even as a gospel preacher. Sometimes we, we get ahead of ourselves and say they put the cart before the horse and think we have the verse down. Uh, when he was talking to his disciples, they said, uh, uh, there's still months to go to harvest. He said, look. Uh, look up among you, the, the fields are ripe. They're ripe, they're ready for harvest. The fields are ready for harvest now. Are we willing to do what is needed? Are we willing to let our light shine, Matthew 5 and verse 16, so that they may see our good works and glorify God, not us. The tried and perfect vaccine for COVID-19. A couple more passages and a lesson will be yours. Psalm 37, Psalm 37, familiar passage, Psalm 37, verse 25. Obviously, this is a trying and true time, not only for those outside the body of Christ, but also those within the, uh, the body of Christ. Let's go to an encouraging passage of Psalm and the lesson be yours. Psalm 37, uh, the familiar passage, verse 25, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Look at also verse 28. The Bible says, For the Lord, the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaken not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. There will be a remnant that will be spared, Isaiah chapter 10. The river that was uh, foretold of in Isaiah 46. I read that again in closing. There is a river that streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be removed, or rather moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Jesus said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Who is it? The church, the remnant, the light, the possessors of the light, the possessors of the true and tried and perfect vaccine, for COVID-19 and beyond. Uh, may this lesson uh, give some, some form of encouragement. Pray ultimately that God have gotten the glory. Uh, stay encouraged, church. We do know and understand that there's a tried and true, perfect vaccine for COVID-19.
Again, this is Marcus Washington from the BCV podcast. That's the book, chapter, verse podcast. Thank you for your time. God bless. Hello, good morning or good afternoon. Obviously, depending on what time that you're viewing the podcast. Hello, this is Marcus Washington, co-host of the BCV podcast. If you don't know what that stands for, simply the book, chapter, and verse podcast. And oh, how badly is book, chapter, and verse needed in today's society? Speaking of today's society, it's April the 15th, 2020. Uh, Most of us are trying to cope and trying to deal with COVID-19 in the best way that we know how. Um, And there's a lot of opportunity uh, for one to empower someone with a remnant of or fragment or as much as needed of encouragement. It's a lot of discouraged souls that are that are out there. A lot of people that are looking for answers right now because this is a very curious time. We've never dealt with something of this magnitude, uh, though there's history that we can draw application and inference from. Yet in the society that we're living in, something to the degree of COVID-19 we never dealt with. I know there was a Spanish flu in the early 1900s, but it wasn't something that here in the 20th century that we've dealt with. I know we've seen West Nile and uh, the Zika virus and the SARS, but yet nothing to the magnitude of COVID-19. So because of that, you have a lot of people that are taking advantage of the opportunity uh, to be in a source of encouragement to others. And and the sure reason or the sure fact that people have a desire to do that, that's not the reason why I'm on this podcast. That's not the reason why I'm giving the second episode in a series titled The Perfect Vaccine. It's because it's not fair. Brother Washington, why would you say that? You have some sincere people who sincerely are standing in need of encouragement, who are sincerely discouraged and sincerely need a word from the Lord. And his people are constantly giving a word from themselves. Case in point, I received a message uh, from via Facebook Messenger. And in a nutshell, this was from somebody, I won't name any names, unfortunately, somebody that used to be a part of the body of Christ. We're going to get to that later in the lesson. Um, Within a message, the lady was, she she tallied up or she counted up the the uh, the letters in Corona. And she said it equals up to six characters or six letters. And then she turned around and put the, the word Corona vertical. And then next to each letter, she put the numeric position or place that that said letter had in the alphabet. And at the end of these numbers that she generated from, you know, again, putting the letters in their proper place, numerically speaking, in the alphabet, she came up with the number 66. She already had six from the six letters of the coronavirus. Then she added those letters and got 66. Then she went on a rant for about 30 minutes saying how this is the mark of the beast, trying to draw uh, application, uh, trying to draw reference rather from Revelation chapter 13, but unfortunately butchering the scripture. The second person that I heard that was giving false information, those standing in standing in the place of being an encourager, announcing that they're giving encouragement and they're standing as an ambassador f- from God without any shame, without any remorse or conviction. Just very vocal about this and very passionate. And unfortunately, very vocal and very passionately wrong. A reminder of Romans chapter 10. Paul was talking about his countrymen. Again, Romans chapter uh, Romans rather chapter 10. Uh, he, was, he stated, he started with, Brothers, my heart's desire to pray unto God that Israel might be saved. 
that same Israel, he continues, says, for I bear the record, for they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Verse three, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. That's the problem. And going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Verse two, for I bear them record, they have a zeal of God. There are a lot of zealous people that are out here, zealous to want to help others out, zealous to want to take advantage of the various uh, social media uh, mediums and platforms that we have, zealous to want to see people uh, see people happy. They, they are opportunistic. They see people discouraged and they try to enact something to encourage them. But again, if you go to 1 Peter chapter 4, Matter of fact, let's turn there. First Peter chapter four, the Bible says plainly, if any man speak, and I don't want to butcher the passage, first Peter chapter four, verse 11, if any man speak, again, first Peter chapter four, verse 11, if any man speak, let him speak as what? As the oracles of God. If I'm going to be an orator, I have to be an orator of God. If I'm saying that I'm standing in the place of an ambassador of God. The word of, though two, le two characters, two letters, very short, very profound, however, shows relationship and also shows ownership. An oracle of God should, by, by way of logic and deduction, teach what thus says the Lord and not what thus says what they want to say. I want to share with you another false preacher or teacher, just calling a spade a spade and a shovel a shovel. Um, the, the, what they, they said, I'll give you a short uh, summary of what they said. This is dealing with grief. They said grief is lost opportunities that we've had with our loved ones. The, said, the same person said there's no time limit of grief. That's true. There's no shelf life. That's true also. Uh, a lot of times we don't get over or get through grief. This is true also as well. I want to take you to a definition real quick. Um of the word encouragement or encourage. Again, just a little short, quick definition of the word encourage or to encourage is defined as following. The act of giving support, confidence, or hope to someone to help stimulate the development of encouragement. I'm reminded of the Bible described Barnabas. Uh, you, if you remember Paul and Barnabas in chapter 13 and verse 15, they were asked to give a word of encouragement. That same Barnabas in Acts 13 was mentioned in Acts 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 36. The apostles themselves renamed Barnabas. When well, what did they rename his name to? Son of encouragement. To want to stand in a position of an encourager, to give an, a, a, a remnant of encouragement to people who are discouraged and standing in the need of it, that's something to applaud. But dare not I say that I'm doing this for the sake of God and not give them book, chapter, and you know it, verse as well. Living in a very discouraging time. Who will stand up? Who should stand up? And when they stand up, what should they say? If you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Familiar passage. For the sake of context and the sake of this lesson. The perfect vaccine for COVID-19. Think about a vaccine. Uh, I mean, literally, one is giving the same virus a bacteria that is inflicting them, giving them a portion of it so that the body can develop an immunity to it. 
case in point, like the flu shot and literally giving some form of the flu in order for our body to be able to recognize and thus be able to create a defensive uh, mechanism or immunity to the said virus or said bacteria. And this is ultimately what they're trying to do right now. And I'm not downplaying or uh, obliterating the vaccine. We need it and we need it badly. But if there was ever a tried and true vaccine that is has cascaded, has went through the portals of time and has never failed, that's God and his holy and infallible word. If you turn with me again to Romans, the 10th chapter, Romans, the 10th chapter. If I'm to stand in the place of an orator, what should I be orating? Romans chapter 10, verses 15 and following. The Bible reads, verse 15, and how should they preach except they be sent? Let's look at verse, uh, look at verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A lot of people stop there. A lot of people stop at that if thou confess with thy mouth the, the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God have raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. As a matter of fact, this has been termed the sinner's prayer. Not so. We're taking scriptures out of context, right? Let's drop down again to verse uh, verse 10 and following. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 11. For the scripture said, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. All I got to do is believe, right? And, if, and then I'll be saved, right? That's the vaccine. No, no, it doesn't work like that. We, we can't just cherry pick the word of God for our own benefit and believe and think that that's the reason why God gave us this holy inspired word. People were tortured for years to keep the preservation and the purity of the word of God. And I molested for my own benefit, for my own selfish gain. How dare me? Have I not any remorse? Have I not any shame? Reference for that, Jeremiah, the third chapter. Let's continue again. Verse 11. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 12. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? I'm good, right? No. Keep reading. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's keep reading. How should they call on him of whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher? Well, Brother Washington, this preacher told me this and this preacher told me that because my preacher says that that settles it, right? No, 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 no. If God says it, that settles it. Point blank, period, end of discussion. Why? Why would I say that? Let's keep reading. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? I have this calling on my life to be a preacher. And I feel I have this calling on my life. I knew from a young child that I was supposed to be a preacher. How do you know this? How would I know this? Let's continue to read. How shall they preach except they be said? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Well, we're living in a discouraging time. 
We're living in a, a time where there's uh, calamity all over. Uh, there's infections everywhere. We don't know who's asymptomatic and who's not. We don't know what countertop has been cleaned properly and which one doesn't. We don't know when the kids are going to be able to go back to school, when jobs and work and everything else will be the same, let alone when the vaccine will be taking place. Some people not even knowing when they're going to get their monies from the stimulus package. It's such a disarray. It's such a discouraging time that peace is needed. But the peace should not come by way of my understanding of peace. It should come from a divine, the divine understanding of peace. God's understanding of peace. Again, it says, and how should they preach except they be sent? And as it is written, how beautiful to feed them that preach the, the definite article, the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things from God's word. Verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. The preacher is to preach the gospel and the gospel is to be obeyed. Obeying the gospel calls you to be Psalm 46 and four. That river, that stream where waters uh, thereof will make glad the city of God. We'll get it again to that city, that river. And what what is that indicating? Because I, I believe we stopped there last week. I want to pick back up from here. Definitely want to pick back up from here. So let's let's go back. Let's go back. Verse 15. Or rather, verse 16, but they have not all, all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? Verse 17, so then faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not hearing by Marcus Washington's rendition of the word of God, but hearing by the book, chapter and verse version of the word of God. There is not standing in the position of want to butcher the scriptures. Why would I want to butcher the, butcher the scriptures which derives from God? Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for rebuke, for rebuke, uh, rebuke, rather for reproof, rebuke, correction, instruction and righteousness. It goes on that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly equipped unto every good work. And it's profitable for doctrine, for rebuke, for repute reproof for correction get my words right one of these days for instruction in righteousness remember romans chapter 10 uh they did not understand god's righteousness they were ignorant of it and because of that they went to go and establish their own righteousness that's been going on for years people have been preaching what they want to preach and god is not pleased with that because god has never commissioned that we never see an example in the bible where one is to preach what one wants to preach and that equates to salvation. That equates to encouragement. That equates to peace. No, 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 no. The people need to hear the truth. Souls are being lost every single day. And as so many souls are sincerely dying and sincerely dying wrong. It's the same Paul that we're, I know we're looking at uh, Romans, the 10th chapter, at least we would. It's the same Paul that says, I, he said in chapter one, verse 16, that same gospel, I'm not ashamed of it. That same gospel is the power of God unto salvation. If one wants to obtain salvation, one would get in contact with the gospel. One gets in contact with the gospel by way of a gospel preacher or a Christian. And all Christians are commissioned, commissioned to go and preach and teach the gospel, to go spread the gospel. As the Great Commission gives us understanding, Matthew 28, verses 18 and following. It's the same Paul who said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, Though I preach, Paul, 
No, no, no. Though I pe I preach, Peter. No, no. Though I preach what Big Mama said. No, he didn't say that. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse sixteen. Though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. The necessity of preaching the gospel and the laying of the gospel did come from God. Come from Paul. It came from God. Again, the necessity that was laid upon me. He finished up with saying, "Woe is unto me, preach not." The gospel. If I want to encourage someone who is discouraged because of COVID-19 and everything else that's taking place with this global health pandemic are to encourage them with the word of God, not the word of myself. How can they preach lest they be sent? You see an example of that in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, how Paul and, and Barnabas were sent, uh, was sent to, to the Gentiles to go spread the word of God. Turn with me, if you would, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. Again, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. Why did God even provide preachers to preach the gospel and not preach what they want to preach in the first place? Why did he provide these various offices in the first place? Again, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and following. The Bible reads, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Verse 12. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, those who obeyed the gospel, Romans 10, you remember in Romans 10, uh, it talks about how they have not all obeyed the gospel. Let me give you the exact verse, not, not give you a butchered rendition of that passage. Uh, verse, verse 14. How, th how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sinned? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Verse 16, as we go back to Ephesians chapter 4. Again, as we go back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and following, we're in verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints. These various offices were for the perfecting of the saints. The saints, i.e. Christians, i.e. the church, i.e. the bride of Christ. For the perfecting of the body of Christ, the fullness of him that fill in all in all. Not my rendition of re what religion is supposed to be. Not my rendition of who the church is supposed to be. Might if I, quite frankly, not even my church, because it doesn't belong to me. Jesus said, upon this rock, Matthew 18, I will build my church. Then he goes on and said, and the gates of hell should not prevail against his church. Where the saints are, the church belongs to Christ, Matthew 16 and verse 18 and following. It doesn't belong to me or what I think the church is supposed to be. And the church is supposed to be giving the gospel, the encouraging word, the gospel of peace to save souls. That's the perfect vaccine for COVID-19. Not what I think, not what I heard, but the word of God. And the word of God is not supposed to be given just by just by anybody. It's supposed to be given by the church. The manifold wisdom of God would be made known by the church. You go back to Psalm 46 and verse 4. Psalm 46 and verse 4. Let's check this out real quick. Psalm 46 verse 4. There is a river, the streams whereof 
shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles. What is, who is that river? Again, the people that have been oppressed because of disobedience under Syrian rule and Assyrian bondage, God has let me know I will have a remnant. There will be a river. There will be hope. I have not forgot about my promises. What, who is that river? Turn, if you will, to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, verse 8. Again, Revelation chapter 19, and verse 8. Who is that river? And if you notice that river, if you continue to turn to Revelation chapter 19, verse 8, I want to turn back to verse 4 real quick of Psalm. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. That same river, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. That same river, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. That same river, God shall help her and that right early. That same river. Who is that river? Revelation 19, verse 8. Revelation 19, verse 8. We'll start with verse 6. Revelation 19, verse 6 through 8. Right of 6 through 9. The Bible reads, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife had made herself ready. So the river is the wife. Who's the wife of Christ? Verse 9. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Who is that river? Is the river the, the wife of Christ? Well, who is the wife of Christ? To understand who is the river, to understand who is the possessors of the perfect vaccine to understand who is to give that perfect vaccine, the word of God? Who is it? Chapter 21, Revelation verses 1 through 2. Chapter 21, Revelation verses 1 through 2. We just read verses, uh, verse, uh, rather verse 6 through 9 of Revelation 19. Now let's look at chapter 21, 1 and 2. We'll also look at verse 9. The Bible reads, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I saw, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God, out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So this bride, which is also the New Jerusalem, will be coming down from God out of heaven. The same bride is prepared for her husband. The same bride is the river who screams, uh, who screams thereof when they glad the city of God. Who is it? Look, look at verse 9. And there came unto me, again, Revelation 21, verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vittles or vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Who in the world is this? If you turn one more chapter here, Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of the Lamb. Read that again, if you don't mind. Verse 1, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. That same river, who is the bride of Christ, that same river, who is a new Jerusalem, 
that same river will be doing what in verse one? Proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Not just anyone is supposed to be an ambassador for God. Not just anyone has that privilege and honor uh, to be recognized as the bride of Christ. That doesn't just belong to just anyone. Let's continue to read. Let's continue to read. Turn, if you would, to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. If you want to add a scriptural reference to the bride of Christ, uh, you, I, would, I would direct you to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 23 and following. Again, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 23 and following. There is encouragement that is needed, but not everyone has the privilege and honor to be an encourager. Um, not everyone is opportunistic and see discouragement. And there are a lot of people who have a zeal of God and very zealous and wanting to encourage and help people. But I can't give them what I want to give them and expect there to be a tangible result. I need to give them what thus says the Lord. And to be acting on behalf of the Lord, I have to be a part of the Lord. I have to be a part of the church, that same church, which he said, upon this rock, I will build futuristically speaking, that came into fruition, Acts, the second chapter, the Bible says, verse 47, and God added to the church daily, such as should be saved, that same church, which is the body of the Christ, that same church, which is, which is the bride of Christ, the new Jerusalem, that same church, which is the river, which will be proceeding out of the throne of God and of the lamb as well as the one that is supposed to be giving the perfect vaccine for covid 19. A couple more passages and a lesson would be yours. I thank you very much for your attention and your patience as well. Hope, hopefully and ultimately, I pray that God is indeed getting the glory, trying to take advantage of the opportunity to be opportunistic to stand up for Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse 2 and also verse 8. The Bible reads that their hearts may be, well, for the sake of context, we'll read verse 1 also. For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding. Talking about Christians obtaining the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God. God, let's just give this this precious treasure, the mystery of God to just anyone. We alluded to Ephesians chapter three, verse 10. That the manifold wisdom of God would be made known by the church. Definite article. Not Big Mama's church. The church of Christ. The church of the firstborn. First Timothy, I believe the chapter is verse three. If you now drop down to verse eight, we'll wrap this up. Again, the lesson will be yours. The Bible reads, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. That's why we're here. There's a lot of people given uh, imperfect vaccines. Uh, we pray that uh, Christians will continuously do and continuously strive to do that which pleases God. That will continue to be that city that is set on the hill which cannot be hid. This is an opportunistic time for opportunistic people. Church, we will be the opportunistic ones to give that perfect vaccine. Because this lost and dying world is so badly in need of it. And again, verse 8 uh, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. One more 
reference here in the lesson would be yours, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and following. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and following. The Bible reads, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. We're, we're, we're baptized into Christ. We put on Christ. Reminded the first gospel lesson that was preached in Acts, the second chapter, when those that heard the lesson from the gospel preacher, Peter, uh, when those faithful and honest souls, they asked a sincere question, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, Acts, the second chapter, verses 36, or rather, verse 37 and following, uh, repent and be baptized, verse 38, every one of you, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's go back again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and wrap this thing up for you. Now we have received not the spirit of, of the world, verse 12, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Let's read that again. Now we, notice the we there, talking to Christians, the church in Corinth, for now we have received not the spirit of the world, all that is in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. First John, the second chapter is not of is not of the God of God, but is of this world. But we have not received that which is of the world. Let's continue to read. But the spirit, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. God is not giving the manifold wisdom to just anybody. God is not giving the perfect vaccine uh, and those that are supposed to be orators of that vaccine to just anybody. It's given to the church. It's given to the bride. It's given to the river. It's given to Christians. Let's finish this up. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Why am I writing down a six, add up some other numbers to six, and then another number six, and saying that it's the mark of the beast? What? It's no Bible for that. It's not in the book. Let's continue to read verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. How can I say that I possess the Spirit of God if I have not done what it takes to receive that said Spirit of God, i.e. the Holy Spirit? How can I do that? How can I say that I'm of God, I belong to him, I'm related to him, if I have not done what the Bible says to be of God, to be added to the body of Christ, to be in Christ, Galatians chapter 3, verse 14, again, of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, but the natural man receiving not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. I know what God has said, but you don't know the Bible. I know God said this. I know I'm speaking on behalf of God, but I'm not speaking from the Bible. So instead of encouraging, I'm doing more discouraging and putting a little pretty, pretty outfit on and saying that it's a word of encouragement. I'm a false preacher. I'm a false teacher. Very dangerous grounds to be standing on. But the natural man receiving not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness uh, unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who have known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. 
Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. The perfect vaccine for COVID-19 is the word of God. Uh, again, my name is Marcus Washington, co-host of the BCV podcast. That's the book, chapter, verse podcast. May God continue to bless you and keep you. Be safe.